Welcome to Days Your Update for April 4th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I am Dan Rev Victoria. And yeah, this has been a pretty good week for news. Lots of uh, new updates coming out for games. Oh, uh, yeah. Some new upgrades coming for some games for the new consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, some event stuff happening. There's one delay. Uh, we have one bit of news from last week that is now official. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's returning to a sports genre. Yeah, haven't been in for a while. And some weird shit going on with uh, Sega. Their lawyer's not understanding what Steam DB is, mm-hmm. I guess. And we got a bunch of other stuff going on as well. But before we get to that news, let's talk about what we've been playing. And I have. I'll start here. I've been playing Disco Elysium, the final cut mm-hmm. on the PS4, yep. which I've been enjoying a good bit so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I made a thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, started asking you like, what sort of focus you want your character to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same character each time, isn't it? It's yeah, it's the same dude. Focus is with their stats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a different start each time because it seems like uh, your character. No, it, gotten... it all starts the same way. Okay. It's so just, it's started... just that, yeah, it's just, it's, it all starts the same way. It's just that depending on yeah. what uh, build you go with, you know, you'll get some slightly different dialogue options okay. or actually more like you can, there are certain skill checks that you can pass. Yeah. Cause you know, I see a lot of others. Dialect choices, it'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. success here, even though it's not presenting it as like a dice roll is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I guess that might just be, I don't know. I don't know. Because it seems like there's a lot of stats to your character, and a lot of them are just based on personality stuff, different personality, mm-hmm. like threads that will chime in periodically. Yeah. If you're talking about topics that might be related to that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of a. A weird thing that happens, uh, yeah. Especially like early on, where the encyclopedia chimes in to give you information on things. Yeah. Uh, if you can, and I picked a thinker, so I think I have a much higher chance of learning that stuff mm-hmm. as we go. But yeah, the the game begins with you getting the idea that something really fucked up has happened to your character. Yeah. Uh, drunk themselves into such a stupor. That they have lost their memory. They basically lost their entire identity, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And the the thinker class obviously is able to kind of examine the surroundings of the room that he is in and sort of figures out clues to what is going on as you're kind of picking up stuff, putting on clothes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Also, I talk to the dude enough to like your your psyche or whatever that is that mm-hmm. convince him that I'm a superstar yeah uh, that's obviously I'm that important or whatever mm-hmm. uh, then found the mirror started making a face in it to the point that it stopped that it it stuck I guess yeah pretty much know. or at least when you use the mirror it's the same face uh that was all weird uh yeah, like I explored that pretty thoroughly the whole room. Uh, the only thing I failed was the the check on the window. 
mm-hmm. figure out what happened. Yeah. There, so that was uh, a bit weird. Then you go out and meet a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, told her I wanted to make fuck with her. Yeah. The whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You just kind of fail a speech check and just say something really weird. Yeah. Uh, so is that actually a dialogue decision? Like, oh, I want to make fuck with you? Well, it's more like um, you're trying to be suave, but what ends up that's what ends up coming out. Yeah, you kind of fail a dice roll. Yeah. So it's like purposeful purposeful awkwardness. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. At that point yeah. in the game, you don't really have the... No matter what build you get, you you basically don't have the level of charm needed to successfully pull that off. So it ends up coming off as... Uh, well, that. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a... I'm just kind of playing it like I would, like an RPG where you're just kind of going through all the dialogue options. Yeah. As much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I go downstairs, talk to everybody. Then I met my partner. I found that drunk guy that's passed out and, like, stole his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't go to the point of trying to, like, wake him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, but yeah, I met the partner, talked yep. to him for a bit. Uh, went and talked to the the dude at the counter. Got that whole thing uh, where he's like, "Oh, you owe us 130 bucks or whatever." Yeah. Uh, Did you try to dash? What's that? Did you try to run out on him? No, I just convinced him to charge the station <laughs> for most of it. Good. So it was like, "Oh, you still owe." 70 bucks or whatever, which I had like $2 on me because you don't have anything. Yeah. yeah. Like lost your gun, your badge. Yeah. I guess wallet. I don't know. I forget if that's a thing that I could possess or not. Yeah. But yeah, kind of talk to the, talk to the woman in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Like just constantly acted like a pathetic piece of shit. Which is a perfectly, uh, you know, for this game, that is a perfectly legitimate way to play it. There really is no wrong yeah. way to play this game. And that kind of damages morale. Yeah, which you can uh, get back. Just Yeah, there's, I had some items to fill it back up. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, got out, started just talking, learning about the whole thing. Because I talked to the, the partner and it's like, yeah, I don't remember anything. What are cops? Are we actually cops? <laughs> All this kind Which, of stuff. As you find out, uh, the RCM isn't really a police force. They're it's, a militia. Yeah. Yeah, because the neat thing about Disco Elysium is it starts out, like, at the very beginning, like, it's going to be some kind of, like, uh, very cliched, like, hard-boiled detective story. But as you actually leave the room and actually explore the town, the sort of universe it takes place in slowly opens up. Yeah. Uh, you can, like, look around at various things. Yeah. Through trash cans and all that kind of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I what went you want to do because you'll find money there sometimes. Yeah. And as you're, like, talking to people, you get new, like, quests or quest line kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, to it. So, like, one is, like, uh, end of the day briefing at, like, 9 p.m., which I'm, at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, one thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, though going through all the stuff I was doing, I was talking to the the, the people that were on strike. I met the the burly guy at the top of the the walkway. 
Yeah. Talked with him about the the race theory stuff. Oh yeah, the guy who tells you welcome to Revishall, that guy. Yeah. He's yeah. uh yeah, you find out he's one of the lorry drivers that are trying to break the strike. Yeah. There's like a there's like a button right behind him. Like, oh maybe you go fight him. I was like, yeah. I, I don't know about Oh that. no no no, you're talking about Measurehead. The Yeah. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, no, there's the other dude that you end up meeting on the street towards that area who's a lorry driver, and yeah, he's also one of those hardcore racist assholes. But what's funny is Measurehead is actually a black guy. <laughs> yeah. Which and he tell and he basically comes up with this insane troll logic where he comes up with the idea that the Senegalese are the new master race, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Did uh, we I mention that this point. game? There are parts in this game that are just screamingly funny. Yeah, there's plenty of good good moments where you can just fuck with people. Oh yeah. Uh, I forget. There's somebody I was talking about. It's like basically. Oh, oh yeah. I talked to the guy at the counter. I was mm-hmm. like, "You're arrested." He's like, "For what?" Uh, and I was like, "For sex crimes." Which <laughs> about. Uh, that kind of stuff, and ended up shaking that off, but. I think I eventually, I think it was part of convincing him not to actually charge me for like half of the money that mm-hmm. I was supposed to owed. Uh, yeah, I went around, talked around to various people. Uh, eventually got around to the bookstore, talked to the mm-hmm. girl, and kind of broke down to the point of he just quits the force. <laughs> and you get the, the headline on the newspaper, like, cop quits, uh, the force, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the point of like getting on the the radio in the in your partner's car, calling the the woman that you're supposed to call. Mm-hmm. And she's all hysterical about various things, half of which seem to be your fault. <laughs> as you find, because yeah. you're the the belligerent asshole that made her want to quit the job. Yeah. Uh, and got to call in my station, tell him I lost my badge, and everybody's just fucking oh, they're really lo- hard. <laughs> You're just losing your shit. It's, it's so it's, funny. It's not funny. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Uh, then when it, then the subject came to like, oh, you still got your gun, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I still have it. <laughs> uh, He's like, oh my god, he lost his gun. <laughs> no, I didn't let him know that. Oh. I might go back and tell him, but obviously made a, a lie about that. Uh, which is fun. Yeah, there's lots of lots of fun stuff to it. Uh, the only bugs I've seen is there's some lines that haven't, that didn't have any voice to them. Mm. Uh, which the whole thing for this version of the games is supposed to have every line uh, with voice acting to it. Yep. So I assume those are bugs. So there's some characters that just have didn't have lines to it. Yeah. Uh, which I was it, it, skipping some bugs. stuff because it's just some characters are very verbose. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get you. This, like the, the guy talking about his race theory, and I was like, mm. okay, this, this is a lot. I'm not gonna sit here and process all of this. Uh, mm. Sort of skipping through it a bit, uh, but he lost some lines that he wasn't saying. Yeah, I think the guy that was hanging out in the, the stairs up there, who kind of gives you, you can beg him for change. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think it's. I, I think it's a bug related to like how many times you end up skipping through the dialogue. 
it just yeah. it, it just decides that it's not going to do the audio anymore. Yeah. They are, for the record, there is supposed to be a patch that's supposed to come out in the next couple of days. So, yeah, that's but probably one of them. This game's been pretty fun so far. And oh, yeah. uh, it's on sale for launch, uh, 32 bucks, I think, 20% off. So, mm-hmm. I guess for a few more days up to the uh, week after its launch. Mm. So, you can definitely check that out. That is... Uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, the controls are pretty decent for what they are. Uh, you kind of use the right stick to kind of cycle through things you can focus on. Mm-hmm. At a number of times where I click on something, he walks over and then doesn't actually do the thing. So yeah, you have to like do it once can. or twice. Yeah. Uh, so there's some little qu- weird quirks with that stuff, but yeah, uh, for the most part, it it's a pretty good port. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Also been playing some more, or playing some Outriders. Mm -hmm. It's on Game Pass now, but it's out on all the Playstations, Xboxes, and PC. Yeah, I've been uh, hearing that game having some issues with its servers. Uh, I haven't had any issues. I might just be logging on in the parts of the day where it's not getting pounded. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I was playing a bit earlier today. Started it yesterday, uh, but been playing some more today, and now I'm enjoying it a lot. It was very frustrating early on. It is a loot-based game, and I was just getting shitty weapons for the first couple of missions that were making me wonder if this game was actually as good as some people were saying. Mm. Uh, so the the sort of reductive way to describe the game is it's kind of Gears of War meets Destiny. Yep, pretty much. It's got cover-based shooting and all that kind of stuff, and it comes from the studio that worked on, was it Gears of War Judgment? Yeah, uh, the uh, people can fly. Yeah. yeah, as well as Bullet Storm and all that kind of stuff. Bullet Storm, uh, I think, uh, what was it called? Painkiller, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, and uh, when you're playing early on, you're you know, making a character, very limited options. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just picking set, you know, types of faces, hairs, colors, all that kind of stuff. Even the hair color is pretty weak options. Yeah. It's like, you know, brown, black, gray, blonde, and maybe some sort of uh, lighter black or something like that, or darker brown, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not even like red or blue, green, you know, other colors. Uh, to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is disappointing because it's, it's pretty far in the future kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, your people have come from Earth to find a new planet because the old one's been fucked up so much. They identify this planet as one to bring everybody to. And as they sort of have the first people on the planet to find a place to settle. Uh, some shit starts going down, storms coming through that uh, make all their equipment go haywire and all this as the the first like round of people coming out of cryo are about to land. Shit goes haywire, your character gets put into cryo for something like 31 years. When they wake up, they find the everything is gone. Uh, crazy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that came down have started their own faction 
uh it feels very like borderlandsy like the the bandits that are running things yep and you're one of the the few remaining outriders that has survived mm-hmm. through all this and so you're kind of trying to figure out what the hell's going on and reconnect with the whatever people are still around uh all that kind of stuff uh but you end up getting picked up by uh these people mm-hmm. and sort of thrown into no man's land where it's just where you kind of gain your powers as a an altered and mm-hmm. there are four of those classes uh each one has like abilities that if you're using them well you they are basically refilling your health uh so like I picked the the pyromancer where I have uh my left bumper is sort of a flame wall that you know comes out of the ground mm-hmm. uh in the direction in front of me if set enemies on fire and they died they give me some health back like RB I kind of infect somebody and if they die they kind of explode and damage other enemies around them mm. and the rblb together is like your special of sorts which i kind of shock somebody with this like fire thing and they take a lot of damage at once mm. i think it continues but it took me a while to really get that i should be just spamming those as soon as they're available for the most part uh it's not a game where you really want to be in cover for very long but the the early weapons I was getting was just kind of keeping me there longer than I really wanted to uh, because I just couldn't do the damage because I initially get to an assault rifle. that just has a very slow fire rate. Then it was just giving me shotguns. They were all super low fire rates to them. So you have like two main weapons and then your side piece, which is the pistol that has infinite ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pistol is pretty good because it's sort of a, a quick fire kind of pistol, mm-hmm. uh, though you might get other types that are more like a revolver or something like that, uh, more deliberate shooting. But it took me like three or four missions to actually get stuff to drop. That was really interesting. Made the the combat feel a lot more faster, like the game is designed around. Mm. There's a bunch of different kinds of weapons, but I got like a rifle, not like a sniper rifle, but like a regular rifle that has some quick shots to it, does a uh, pretty good damage. Mm. And then got a, eventually got a assault rifle as a blue, uh, as far as like the Diablo style of coloring for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also would uh, have a chance for a shot to explode. So it would do a lot of damage and it would also occasionally set, uh, create explosions when I shoot an enemy that could damage others around them. And that kind of combo just got it to the point of where I was really clicking. That was like two hours in. And me running through some fights that I just kept dying over and over again because I just couldn't do more damage enough to make everything all all click for me. Mm. But once I did, it was starting to get a lot better. But like Destiny, you have you know your inventory and all that. You get drops. There's a, a nice option for auto-picking up loot, and you can set it to whatever level of loot you want as far as like mm-hmm. you know common uncommon rare all that kind of stuff whatever color you want but i figured out it was for if you left the area it would auto pick up anything you left behind that kind of stuff not pick it up as you walk by that would have been nice because you just had to sit and hit x for every single drop there ammo drops too but you don't have to pick it up you just run over it 
that kind of stuff. Managing that stuff can be a little bit annoying because I was trying to look through all my guns, see what types I had, and maybe break down the stuff that was weaker. Mm-hmm. Ended up just giving up on it, just putting it all in my stash. So if I create another character, I have some better variety of weapons to give to that character. At least I'm assuming it's like the Diablo stash uh, for that. But yeah, the once it all starts clicking for you, it definitely feels pretty good uh, mm. for the the combats. The because you're not really supposed to be using cover, which is good because the cover mechanics are just terrible. Mm. I would constantly go into cover, and it would put me on the side of the thing right out in fire for some reason, uh, or put me on a wall when I wanted to get on the cover behind, so that you know stay away from uh, enemy fire, that kind of stuff. Uh, but then you start getting running into enemies that just start running up to you, mm-hmm. uh, not really bothering with co- uh, cover, all that kind of stuff. So once you kind of get some good weapons to drop, uh, that's when it really starts getting to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get out of the initial couple of missions, that starts having you run through this like big battlefield area. It's kind of a bit more open. There's like splinter points where you might find little side quest stories to do and that's where some of my frustration was coming in it's like oh, I'll try that mm. taking on these enemies and just getting beat the, sh- beat the shit all every time I tried I was just adding to the frustration where I was like getting to the point where I was like you know what fuck this I'm just gonna close out the game if it was bad enough I was just gonna delete it and move on but luckily it clicked when it did cause uh, it was getting really frustrating at a certain point but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'll probably keep playing some more of that. Yeah, just got to the point where I could get my first skill point on the tech tree, which happened at like level five. So that took a while uh, for that. Also got to, let's see, there's like a, a world tier to it. As you play, kill enemies, it keep constantly is raising up. Mm-hmm. So it just makes the enemies tougher. So I was thinking like maybe that was the issue. But you can kind of reset it if you want. So if it gets higher than maybe you want, you can kind of reset it back to an earlier one. And like Diablo, that changes how tough the enemies are, the sort of loot you can get, the level loot you can get, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a good bit of customization and uh, ways to make the game easier or harder, depending on how you want to play it. Mm. But yeah, it has crossplay. I haven't done any matchmaking with a party or anything. I'm just playing solo right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll jump into that at some point. But uh, yeah, you can check that out on uh, Game Pass if you want. Mm. And uh, let's see. I uh, also been playing some more Ratchet and Clank going Commando. Streamed mm. that uh, yesterday and today. Uh, making some good progress. I think I might have one or two more streams of that. I might just do if it was just me going through all the like combat arenas and all that kind of stuff to grind out money because this game puts some high bills in front of you. Like the way the the first game did, like you do a lot of side stuff, you run into somebody that has something you might want, an item Mm -hmm. or something, and it's like, hey, give us a thousand bolts or something like that. Uh, And here, the the numbers for that kind of stuff raises greatly to like, oh, give us 20,000 bolts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, I had like I had 80,000 bolts 
working towards a hundred thousand to unlock an item from the store. And I run into the plumber and he is working on this. I think it was the prison that I just broken out of, but he was working on this pipe mm-hmm. and found a, a quark action figure stuck in it. Somehow this thing has gone through this like sewage pipe. And he's like, Oh, 20,000 bolts. Mm-hmm. I was like, fucker, you, you just bragged about working triple time and getting your travel expenses covered, all this shit. You're sitting here charging me 20,000 bolts for this fucking action figure you pull out of a sewage pipe. Uh, it's like the first game, like capitalism is, is like the big bad here. Uh, yeah. Again, so that's kind of a, an interesting theme that's kind of continuing on here, just constantly. They're just trying to fuck you over, take your money that you've worked hard to earn mm-hmm. uh, for the most basic of things. Yep. Uh, so that'll be fun to finish that game and get to up your arsenal and close out the PS2 mm. games. Yep. I'm looking forward to getting to the future games and getting some really good looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also been playing a little bit of knockout city that uh, crossplay beta is out now ends tonight. Played a little bit of that. Uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty good. I don't know what sort of audience it'll be able to get because the, it seems like in the same vein as the, was it Rocket Arena? It's kind of a pretty nice little multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how easily it's going to find a, a long-term audience to it, but the crossplay is at least going to help with that. Uh, it's just come out on everything: PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Mm. But yeah, it kind of has a, a little bit of that uh, uh, Splatoon vibe to it. Uh, in the attitude and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just going around grabbing these dodgeballs, throwing it at enemies. There's some decent amount of strategy to that stuff. Uh, leveling up, there's lots of you know challenges you get, daily challenges, longer-term stuff, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of ways to get currency, experience, and cosmetic stuff uh, for that. So that seems like it could be neat. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'll be getting it whenever it's out, but... Uh, Seems neat, nonetheless. So, yeah, that's been it for me, Brandon. How about you? Well, uh, much like uh, Chris, I've been playing Disco Elysium as well. I am a little bit farther than he is. I am currently trying to negotiate how I'm supposed to get past that curtain. Well, I already got past the curtain in the bookstore. I'm trying to figure out how I get past that door, which has basically been sealed up and like covered with all of these uh anti-demon wards that the bookshop lady put in because she's apparently like some weird new age obsessed crazy person um and is convinced that the bookstore is cursed even though she won't outright admit it but uh i also found where my other shoe was that was one of those instances where i was like wow i can't believe it was really that close i feel stupid yeah. Yeah. Uh for those who are fixing the plate who are just starting the game or wondering where is his other shoe, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Uh it's on the balcony of the hostel that you start out in. Just it's on the top floor, just go over to where the balcony is, you'll find it there. Um, yeah. I found it when I was crawling through everything. Yeah. I did everything that I could click on. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, so 
part of what makes this game so fun is the fact that you know because of its is it's like its expansive lore and how it communicates it to the reader most of the time you'll sort of you know like uh, you have the the quote unquote encyclopedia part of your psyche that'll you know pop up and you know fill in some backstory if it needs to but a lot of times you'll end up finding pieces of lore simply by exploring around you know the city the city that you're in you know martinez and one of the you know you'll find like uh maps and books and stuff like that um and really you know just because the thing is martinez is basically a it looks like if somebody had taken a like a you know a demilitarized zone from like the middle of Eastern Europe and then dropped it in the middle of the French Riviera. That's basically what Martinez is like, um, because the place was basically the site of some I think like fifty two years or something prior before the game starts was uh, the site of a revolution and. It lasted for 11 days, and then the rest of the major powers of the world formed up the coalition, and they basically leveled the whole city. And, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, you go it goes more in detail as you get further in the game, and it ends up getting a lot more horrifying the more you go into it, but... You know, it's it, the the scars of the war are still everywhere in the city, and you can see them fairly easily. Um, you know, there are parts of the road that are still cracked. There are buildings that have never been really completely re- repaired. Um, there's a statue of a, I think it was like either like a prince or a duke or whoever who was the leader who was, like, the head of that particular city that was, like, dynamited by the revolutionaries. And because it was, like, made with extensively with, like, protective wires and everything, it didn't exactly blow up entirely. It just, it's, like, all, like, a bunch of pieces that are, like, sprouting out from, like, a fountain of wires. You know, like, you know, like, Chris knows what I'm talking about because it's on the loading screen. That statue that your character is like on with like a with like a bottle in his hand. That's the statue. And yeah, it's just it's it's a lot of fun because it's just not only can it be absolutely unbelievably grimy and depressing, it can also be hysterically almost unpredictably funny at times. It, the game's comedic timing is damn near supernatural. Um, because uh I asked Chris earlier, I asked him, like, you know, when he was talking with the guy in the hospital, I was like, did he try to dine and dash? Um, the reason I asked is because that's what I actually tried to do. And what ends up happening is if you try to attempt that, um, it's going to fail. Uh, because, again, much like with, uh, you know, the conversation with the woman that's in the room next to you, that's, you know, on the same floor as yours, your stats aren't high enough to actually accomplish that particular uh, skill check. So what ends up happening is you end up trying to make a dash for the door, and then about halfway through, you decide to turn around and flip the manager a double finger before you trip over a wire and crash into this old lady in a wheelchair. And then your inner dialogue is, is basically going, why did you do that? 
There was no reason to do that. It was, it's just, it's one of, it's one. You can literally accidentally hang yourself at the very beginning of this game by trying to get your tie from off the ceiling fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, it, it, this is, people are asking, you know, why is this game so considered, you know, why is it so acclaimed? It's because of little moments like that. <laughs> But uh, on top of that, I've also been playing Genshin Impact, and uh, I've been getting a little ways into that, and quite enjoying it for what's supposed, what's a you know really a free game that's supposed to be kind of a gotcha game. It's actually really good. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. So, Dan Red, what about you? Yeah, last week I uh, got through the end of um, It Takes Two. And mm-hmm. then, thankfully, after I finished, you know, you're able to go back to uh, specific chapters in case you want to clean up your trophies. Mm-hmm. So the way the game works when you're playing multiplayer, um, or obviously you can't uh, play it without multiplayer. So um, what happens is you have a code that you can give a friend if you want to play online. The thing is, if you go that route, uh, only you get your trophies. Um, whereas if you're mm-hmm. playing, you're playing co-op um, on the couch. And both yeah. of you are logged into P- to a PSN account, and you both can get the trophies for whatever you're doing. And there's this one trophy where you have to do some uh, platforming hell, and it definitely was hell because uh, it took me about 20 minutes to get because you have to climb uh, this tower with rotating platforms, and mm. it was really hard because like um, sometimes the the platforming would be unpredictable. Not to mention is it's located in this corner of like this sort of amusement park kind of place, um, mm. and depending on how you have your camera angle set up, um, your view might be obstructed by something even closer to the camera, depending on how far you're zoomed out. So that's part of what made it annoying. And honestly, like out of everything there was in the game, that's probably one of two um, actually annoying things. And what I just mentioned is for a trophy, so it's optional. The other annoying level was this kaleidoscope one where um, you actually have to find... um, intricacies within the kaleidoscope that are different and like ground pound them or whatever in order to like light them up and you know find the path forward out of all that like those are really my uh, main two annoyances within the game and that's really nitpicking so like this is why the game is like my uh, game of the year so far like the entire game from beginning to end and, and it was an 11 hour playthrough it was completely enjoyable so mm-hmm. it's like um you know you have a family member who's like even slightly interested in gaming um, this is definitely one that I'd recommend. It's it's just fantastic. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's over and done with. Um, I hopped into uh, Monster Hunter Rise. I've put in more hours. I've uh, unlocked three star quests. So everything I'm doing is a little on the easy side. I haven't I haven't done anything increasingly difficult yet, and more stuff is starting to open up. So for those of you that um, don't really follow Monster Hunter, it's really it's really just grinding 101. Like everything you do is like pretty samesy and then if you eventually get to a point where you're really into the systems of upgrading your gear and things like that and you eventually join in multiplayer games to help other people get gear while while getting yours as well so i haven't mm-hmm. gotten to that part within the process yet but i'm about five hours in and i'm definitely enjoying um what i've been playing and it's definitely playable in short bursts which i really enjoy about it and we have to remember that you know monster hunter you know first came out on like the psp and stuff so it really lends itself well to um uh, to the uh, handheld uh, market. So, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is easily one of the best games on Switch. Uh, Jordan yeah. will be uh, the one reviewing the game because he actually has more experience with the series than I do. He actually is one of the OG people that actually played it, so mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, 
I also am playing a little bit of Bravely, Bravely Default still. Um, my complaints right. that I talked about last week still stand. Mm. Um, I got through the boss that I was talking about, and I went into another boss fight and continuously get my ass handed to me, even on easy mode. So I'm spending all my time um, upgrading your most basic class because this class actually has abilities that allow you to um, uh, level up your classes faster. So I'm just mm. trying to get grindy to that extent. Like, I don't really see myself, like, quitting yet, but this is really, like, deterring me from really enjoying it. Because, like, like I said, like, the last two Bravely games were nowhere near this hard. And it's, it's, it's really annoying so far. But, you know, the, the story, the gameplay, it's all just great. It's just, you know, when you can't progress because, you know, they're, they're forcing you to play a certain way when it's really all about being open-ended. I don't know. It, it, it just isn't a really good feeling. So that's my feedback with that. Um, I also turned on my Xbox for the first time in a few weeks. I downloaded some 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 EA Access games, but uh, the main one that I actually played was um, an indie game called uh, Narita Boy. So this mm. came out earlier in the week. It was one of the highlight games from the uh, from the ID at Xbox presser they had last week, and um, it's kind of weird. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, um, it's basically a side-scrolling game in the '80s and uh, from what I can gather with the story, it's about an actual video game world that you jump into and you try to figure out what's wrong as the as the world eventually like evolves in a way where you know everything is living and breathing. And the problem with this game is that um, there is a whole lot of lore and a whole lot of story that they try to throw at you at the very beginning when all you're really doing is like basic platforming and you, you eventually get the sword as well as is what i got what i got up to and i don't know like it just seems really really basic and the story really insists upon itself when to me there isn't much to tell about it yet like it's a mysterious world but there's no reason for me to really care so i don't know if i'm going to continue playing this one but so far i've just been turned off uh about how the first um 30 minutes or so go so i'm going to go ahead and give it another try but i don't really see myself um really enveloping in this world the same way that I did with games like, you know, my friend Pedro or even um, Katana Zero, which was superb and one of my favorite games of the year. So, yeah. Um, I also, you know, been, been playing some Animal Crossing. Today is Bunny Day, which is uh, pretty much the same as it was last year. Um, the days leading up to it were a little bit different because they have some new gear you can uh, you can buy and eventually earn, but it doesn't look like um, the actual holiday itself uh changed from last year so i i didn't play as much um on that side but that's been it it's been fun all right, all right. so yeah let's get to some news here and get to uh the newsy news stuff we got some new games coming to playstation plus and games with gold for the month of april so let's get to those games uh for playstation plus they have three games coming out this month mm-hmm. uh, one of them we already knew which is Oddworld Soulstorm. The sort of remake or reimagining of the second game uh, in the series. Uh, was it Abe's Odyssey? Or was that the first one? Uh, I am forgetting what that is. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it, Odyssey? Oh, no. Abe's Exodus? Yeah, I think it was Abe's Exodus. That was the second one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've uh, a- Exodus was. Exodus was kind of like a sort of spiritual sequel slash remake of the first game. Um yeah. or like a like a reimagining of the first game. But um yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this will just be the PS5 version. You're not going to get the PS4 version with that. Uh, so that'll be out on the 6th, which is also Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. For the PS4, there's Days Gone, which is a very good open world uh, zombie game. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, a whole neat mechanic with the the bike, the motorcycle that you are driving around with that you can sort of upgrade and customize as you need to. And the sort of zombie hordes, uh, the freaker hordes, I guess, uh, being a whole big mechanic as you kind of try and steer clear of them if you can. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, neat. And it's got upgrades for the PS5, so it'll should be running at 60 FPS and running as well as it can, looking as good as it can. Uh, you have a PS5 that's already on there as part of the PlayStation Plus collection, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for people that are just on PS4, you can finally check that out. And along with that is Zombie Army 4 Dead War, uh, which mm-hmm. is a sort of co-op shooter, uh, one to four players. Uh, but instead of fighting World War II, you're kind of in a war against zombies in 1940s Europe. So yeah. that's a whole neat thing. Uh, and sort of the newest of those games is they have had the Zombie Army trilogy. It's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can check that out as well. That's all available on the 6th, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good lineup there uh, for Games with Gold. Let's see, available now for mm-hmm. Xbox One, Series S, and Series X. Uh, Vikings, Wolves of Midgard, mm-hmm. which I believe is like a Diablo-style Viking game. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It's an alright game from what I've seen and uh, looked at the the page earlier just to make sure that was the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, for the 16th, they will be getting a Truck Racing Championship. Yeah, uh, a a real racing series that features you know semi trucks, obviously without the trailers. Mm-hmm. So that would be a whole crazy thing as well to do. This one seems like it has. Some sort of Xbox One X enhancements to it, uh, so you might get a little bit of a better looking game on the One X and Series S and X mm-hmm. uh, with that. But it seems fairly straightforward for what it is. Still charging mm-hmm. sixty bucks for that, even though it came out about two years ago. Uh, you know, July of uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, for the older games, uh, for three sixty on April first, you can get Dark Void. Up to the 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Capcom game sort of came out in that whole period of where they were publishing a lot of games from Western developers. Yep. Uh, this one came from Airtight Games. I forget what, who would, who they, which ones they worked on. Those are like former FASA developers uh, from FASA mm-hmm. Studio that worked on, uh, what did they work on? They worked on yeah, Shadowrun, that whole multiplayer PC, mm-hmm. Xbox multiplayer game yep. thing that uh, they went on to make Quantum Conundrum, which is the sort of portal-ish kind of uh, first-person puzzle game mm-hmm. uh, with Square Enix. And what else? They Oh, yeah, they made Murdered Soul Suspect with Square Enix. Uh, so that's kind of the, the kind of games they were working on. 
mm-hmm. uh, for other publishers. This game's okay, from what I remember. Uh, all right, for what it is, it kind of was a uh, was it the Rocketeer kind of thing? Mm. Did with like a big jet pack and could fire rockets. Yeah, with it, so that kind of stuff. Uh, vertical combat being its kind of thing, mm-hmm. taking the kind of uh, cover combat kind of stuff, uh, but making it vertical because you you know you have a rocket pack. Mm-hmm. You can take it vertically, which uh, yeah. Uh, starting on the sixteenth, you can get Hardcore Uprising. Yeah, which is a contra game sort of spinoff. Yeah. It's a spin-off contra game that was made by uh, Arc System Works. Um, yeah, it's uh, really nice it, art style to it. Yeah, a lot of the art and music was done by uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari, the mind behind Guilty Ears, and believe me, it shows. Um, yeah, and this game is hard as hell. Oh well, it's a contra spinoff, so of course. Yeah, it is. but it's especially hard for even contra games. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause at that point, I think Contra four came out somewhere around there for the DS. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a bit of an easier game, not easy, but easier than Contra typically is. But, uh, so you can get that, uh, as well by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So that one's a, an okay lineup. Nothing really amazing about it there, but, uh, you can get some decent under the table kind of games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. We finally got some Cyberpunk 2077 news. Yep. The, the uh, 1.0 update is finally out for mm-hmm. all the platforms. Yep. And the list they posted here of fixes and all that is huge. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. Yeah. It takes a, takes a lot of things for the people that have been having various issues. I'm not going to mm-hmm. bother even reading some of this because a lot of it's just very specific uh, things that could cause issues in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So you should have that update now so you can uh, check it out and play and hopefully have most of the bugs squashed. Yeah. Uh, they still seem to have some more stuff they need to be working on, like new content and all that kind of stuff. They have like a new... But a DLC is going to be happening at some point. Uh, they just have not uh, released any sort of updates on that kind of stuff just yet, though they did put mm. out some other information recently. I'm trying to see if I can get over to the CD Project Red site, see if they have it over here. They're basically talking about how they have uh, sort of re examined sort of the, the things they're working on. Mm-hmm. at the moment and kind of splitting it between cyberpunk and uh, the Witcher. We'll get to the Witcher a little bit later here, but they were talking about that. Maybe they're not going to do the multiplayer stuff they were looking to do for cyberpunk 2077 mm. uh, as much as people were expecting it. Uh, so you can uh, uh, maybe better expect them to just focus on uh, the single player game and uh Continuing to fix it up and get it to uh, where it's where they were hoping to get it last uh, December, and I think mm-hmm. they also mentioned in a an investor call that they were working on, or that the they think they're uh, pretty close to getting it back onto the PlayStation Store. Mm. Uh, still not 
been up there for the past uh, almost four months now. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to see what else they might have to do for that. Yeah. But yeah, they're still going to have their update for the new consoles, upgrade for the new consoles later this year. No real time mm-hmm. frame for that, but you know, maybe I'll have a chance to go back to that here pretty soon. Yeah. I hope so. Cause, uh, the every little um you know fix that they've been added has been getting the game closer to what their original vision was yeah so yeah um yeah it's uh definitely uh something that i you know i'm 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 looking forward to loading this game back on my ps4 at some point and trying the game out again to see what yeah. it's like with these fixes yeah so that is the cyberpunk 2077 update for this week. Been a few weeks since we've had to talk about it, but mm-hmm. some good news there. Uh, yeah. Also, getting an update this week: No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added a big update called Expeditions. Mm. Have you played Diablo with its seasons? Uh, yeah, they seem to be basically doing that. Uh, I can dig it. They describe here as. Uh, it adds shared expeditions. Each of these events starts from a fixed point in the universe, bringing the whole community to, of travelers together to embark on a shared journey. You have mm-hmm. milestones to earn rewards. You can meet up with fellow, fellow, uh, fellow travelers, experiment with new ways of playing No Man's Sky. I think this is kind of aimed at making it easier for people to get to uh, the various new features they've uh, added mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more quickly. Because if you're you know, starting from scratch, you got to go through a lot before you get to a point where, you're like, I'm gonna go check out what these pets are, the creatures I can ride, and uh, the alien ships, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's like new uh, extension to the anal- uh, analysis visor, the target sweep mode that lets you survey uh, uh, the underground stuff and look for mission objectives a little more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the mission stuff there, weekend missions, re-enable for this stuff, which is sort of a community thing where you can jump into some co-op stuff or some solo challenge stuff, that kind of, to get Quicksilver, which is the currency for that, or mm-hmm. specific cosmetics and that kind of stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff tied to this, but yeah, it's, and yeah, by the end, it uh, turns that into kind of a save that you can play like it's a regular sort of survival mission or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so yeah pretty neat uh, new thing to add even though it's only been like six weeks since they added that whole companions update mm-hmm. as they uh, just keep adding to this game more and more oh yeah uh, let's see oh yeah Ratchet and Clank uh, which was free on the play at home program uh, up till I think the 31st mm-hmm. of March uh, Insomniac announced uh, before that ended that they were releasing an update for it to make it playable in 60 FPS yeah. on a PS5. They said it was in uh, it was going to be coming in April, but it ended up happening, I think, on the 30th mm-hmm. of March. So one day later, that update came out. I booted it up to play a little bit of it, and yeah, it runs pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, it's a really great way to kind of celebrate 
that great game was like the only real shortcoming uh, is that it runs in 30 FPS. Yep. <laughs> and that is a bit of an issue. Yeah. So that'll be uh, a good way to check it out for people that have not played any of the games in the series before or just haven't played this particular game. Mm-hmm. And it's also part of that PlayStation Plus collection on PS5. So even if you didn't grab it, uh, you do have access to it if you have PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Apple, Apple Arcade. I uh, got a big update this week with a bunch of new games. And one of the more interesting additions was the arcade edition of NBA 2K21, which removes all the microtransactions. Mm-hmm. So you can just play basketball and not have to do all the grinding and such for uh, currencies to upgrade your character. Though you might still have to do that uh, just as like XP, something like that. I'm not sure how changes things, but yeah, you want to buy currency to buy packs of cards for the the my team mode, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. So kind of a more uh, interesting way of playing uh, NBA 2K21 there. Yeah, it's definitely a more casual way. I don't know what Apple's numbers are as far as like people actually subscribing to their service. But I think, you know, um, with the dealings they're making with various developers in order to get some games on their platform, uh, you obviously do have to have some more uh, consumer-friendly content to go along with it. So I definitely oh, like yeah. this idea. But considering the fact that, you know, you do have to pay to be a part of Apple Arcade, um, it isn't exactly free. But um, again, like, yeah. mobile is different where, you know, every game is, like, free to download, but you got to pay to continue. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is, but... Yeah, and like the the other games that got added, they are some pretty surprising stuff. Uh, there's some like old games like the Oregon Trail, uh, which has been on mobile before, but kind of bringing that over to that. There's Clap Hans has made a new golf game just called Clap Hans Golf, very yeah. similar to uh, everybody's golf, that kind of style of thing. Uh, there's like Taiko no Tatsujin pop tap beats uh took me a bit to realize that wasn't saying pop tart beat Mm -hmm. when i saw that name uh yeah like star trek legends is on there uh well there's a new platinum game title uh world of demons which got announced quite a while ago and just never heard from again Mm -hmm. uh there yeah like Monument Valley, Threes, Cut the Rope, Fruit Ninja, Mini Metro, uh, other stuff kind of like that brought back uh, to be a bit more accessible. No ads or uh, microtransactions and that stuff as well. So seems neat if you have an Apple device, uh, phone or iPad or whatever. Uh, you can kind of check that out. Uh, some neat stuff to, yeah, to play on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the games yeah. that came out um, on uh, Apple Arcade this week was um, what's it called? Um, Fantasian. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's a JRPG too. developed by uh, Mist Walker. It, it's it, it's actually in in the link uh, that we provide here, and uh, I played a little bit of it, and it's unapologetically Final Fantasy VII uh, for for lack of a better explanation. Like they start off in some sort of like 
um, futuristic reactor that could destroy the world. You learn about Mecteria, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Materia and things like that. You have like a harem character similar to the way Tifa works. Like, it is unapologetically mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII. So I am surprised that, uh, well, actually, I'm not considering this is not Square. It's actually Mistwalker. And Mistwalker is known for making cliche RPGs anyway. But, you oh, know, yeah. the gameplay of the game is pretty solid and um, it's episodic, at, uh, about 30 hours each. So it's an interesting uh, get if you if you do have our Apple Arcade. Also, graphically, it's apparently really good. Yeah, it it it, it looks brilliant. Uh, my only complaint is the uh, the text, which is usually my complaint with these mobile games anyway, because they always look the same. But aside from that, I mean, like the the game is beautiful. Like it really reminds me a lot of um, the last story on Wii. Like mm-hmm. I thought it looked way better than um, you know it, it really had any business being. But it also suffered from the same problems of being same to like basically any other RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something you can check out if you have a, an Apple device. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to people that have uh, the new console. Uh, if you have a PS5 here starting on April 13th, the open beta test for the PS5 version of Final Fantasy fourteen is going to be starting. Mm-hmm. I assume they're going to let people preload that early. Check it out. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be uh, a big deal because that game looks and runs pretty well on PS4, but I think people would like to see uh, a game that runs uh, better, faster, uh, loads a little bit faster mm-hmm. on there uh, just to make their time spent playing it a little bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. And they got the mm-hmm. details here for uh, the various ways you can own the game, how to get access to it mm. uh, for when the when those days come. So feel free to read the article there. Oh, yeah. That'll be there for you. Uh, let's see. Also coming pretty soon for the new consoles, it will be the show 21. Got one of the most surprising announcements of the week that is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this Which is definitely... What Quite the, the fuck bomb. moment? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as, as most of us know, MLB The Show is made by Sony San Diego, which is the reason why like PlayStation has pretty much had a monopoly on the MLB uh, licensing on consoles for the last few years. I mean, there, there, there are other games uh, specifically made by MLB, but nothing is um, as good as The Show on, on, on the console market. So when they announced that they'd be going to Xbox and I think Switch you know, sometime later this year, like people said, okay, cool. It's definitely cool for baseball fans who didn't have a PlayStation, but um, you know, <clears throat> um, obviously, uh, it's kind of weird seeing as how it's going to be day one on Game Pass, but uh, it's going to be sixty and like eighty bucks respectively on PS4 and PS5. So it's mm-hmm. kind of um, demeaning if you're a PlayStation fan, but you know, if you have both, like you know what to do. But otherwise, it's kind of weird. It's it's good for MLB. And it's good for baseball fans, but if you're a PlayStation fan who can't afford an Xbox, it's kind of weird at, at, at that spot. Um, as as far as my opinion yeah. goes, when I saw this, I immediately canceled my, canceled my uh, PS5 pre-orders because I, I know I'll be getting it on a Xbox uh, Series X. Um, but um, I did notice that uh, the game is actually also published by MLB, which makes me yeah. wonder uh, whether or not like um, Sony was like in on the deal, but. I'd imagine they should be because, like, you know, this is a lot of money here, so. Yeah. I can't imagine a scenario where they're not in 
in the loop on this in some way or another. Yeah. The, the way people are talking about this stuff makes it seem like they hate each other or something. Like MLB's dragging mm-hmm. Sony into this and all this. Like, that's not really how business partners work together no. on this kind of stuff, especially when they're pretty much the only ones involved in this whole situation. It, there's not a lot of other companies working on MLB games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be a great idea for MLB to piss off their big partner in that way. So, yeah, good for Xbox people that haven't been able to check this series out. Uh, I might still get it on PlayStation 5 because that's uh, how I'm playing it. I got an Xbox Series S. And that's just not going to look as good to run as well. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to play as well with an Xbox controller. Just had the the muscle memory on the uh, the DualShock 4 and the DualSense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the analog pitching works for me uh, is kind of perfect there. Uh, but I can also play it on Xbox and just pass it back and forth since it's supposed to be cross-progression support in there. Yeah. So, I haven't played the show in quite a while, so I am interested to see how it plays on Xbox. The main thing, though, is I actually do prefer the... Uh, the new Xbox controller as opposed to the PS5 one, because I'm just not a fan of how bulky the uh, PS5 controller is, though I do like the, um, what's it called, the, um, the, the the motion or whatever is used, the, the, the force feedback on the, um, on the, on the, on the uh, triggers. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see if, if they include that. But uh, the main thing is, though, like, as far as, like, you know, going, going back to the deal again, um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Microsoft really used this as a trial run because, like, obviously the show is the who's who as far as console MLB gaming goes. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, if you haven't been a part of the PlayStation ecosystem, like, you don't even know if, like, the show is something that you can really, like, trust as far as brand recognition goes. So it wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, this was free for about six months before they hold, they go ahead and make it physical again or if they only do it for this year. But it's a good way to get uh, Xbox fans excited about something and then perhaps, you know, go ahead and charge for it next year when they know it becomes something. But this is definitely something to, to uh, keep your eyes on in the future. Mm. Yeah. Get them to spend money on the stubs for the Diamond Dynasty mode, which is kind of mm-hmm. their version of Ultimate Team, but it's not as dickish about the way it does things. You can kind of just grind through it uh, at your own pace and get free stuff without too much mm-hmm. trouble. Uh, especially just logging in, it gives you uh, like a little tick towards getting a free card. Or it gives you a free card every day and like a free pack, like every nine days, something like that. Uh, so you're going to get bonuses just for checking in. Uh, and I would say it's probably one of the premier sports games just for the entire package it has. Because it has, you know, the fully featured simulation stuff. There's the retro mode in it so you can play you know, your franchise uh, save just through retro mode. Uh, you have the option to pick like, oh, f- you know, full game, you know, manager style, you know, short moments kind of thing. Uh, and retro mode is one of those as well. So you're going to play with the style. It's more like the old like NES or Super Nintendo baseball games, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as the, the variety of control options. I think they even added a new one for the pitching. Uh, it was kind of uh, for the higher end players, higher skill players. Mm. Uh, as a uh, that kind of stuff so I think people will really enjoy this game and see how 
how much it sets itself apart from uh, the other games on the market in terms of just approachability, uh, range of options and ways of customizing it. Cause there's roster, the roster vaults, there's a vault for sliders for people to share sliders to make the game more arcadey more realistic mm. or various other uh, ways of tuning it as well as uh, stuff for your uh, team for your, uh, the Diamond Dynasty, it's like logos and all that kind of stuff you can use to put on your design your outfits the way you want uh, your uniforms. So there's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, it goes beyond what uh, many of the other sports games out there do. And hopefully with uh, next year's game, they will have the yearly saves back in there so that you can just continue on with your Road to the Show play or your franchise, even if you played five games and you'll just start back in 2021 in the 2022 game uh, and just fight your way back through time mm. uh, back to the present day and deal with that. Uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. If you have an Xbox and have game pass. All right. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about something else. It's starting soon. Uh, Jeff Keeley's summer game fest. That was a big yep. thing last summer kind of spread out a bit, but uh, they are uh, starting that in June. I think Jeff has said it's not going to be like a big bloated thing last several months. I think it's going to be over the course of a few weeks. He hasn't revealed any sort of time frame just yet. It looks like uh, the day of the devs is going to be a part of that, uh, which is the double fine. Uh, I am eight bits uh, indie focused uh, uh, events that uh, helps promote other indie games out there. That'll be part of it. Uh, new announcements, world exclusives, as you would expect, gameplay reveals, all that kind of stuff, and a video game musical performance. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this this year's event feels compared to last year's. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is, uh, that is happening. Also happening in June, The Elder Scrolls Online... They call it the Elder Scrolls Online Console Enhanced is coming to the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S uh, with okay. the upgrades that you expect uh, to 60 FPS, 4K native uh, graphics, all that kind of stuff. Uh, wait, as the yeah, the performance mode gets it to 60 FPS, I think dynamic 4K. Fidelity mode is native 4K and 30 FPS. Load time has been cut in half. Draw distance uh, increased greatly. All that kind of stuff. Improved reflections and shadows. Yeah, a lot of uh, enhancements there. It's free for people that already own it. Uh, And they are doing like a free play uh, event here going on right now. So you can play some of the game. Let's see, up until April 13th. Uh, So you can sort of check that out early. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's part of Game Pass, if you have that, since it's a Bethesda game. I guess it's also on PlayStation Now. I think it is. Yeah, it so is. You can kind of, yeah, so you can uh, check that out in full while you wait mm-hmm. for these upgrades. I don't know if it's going to be coming to the, the PlayStation Now version of the game. I would see. doubt it. Yeah. I would kind of doubt it, yeah. But... Uh, Let's talk about something that we kind of hinted at. The Witcher 3 is getting an upgrade for 
the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, that was one of the things that uh, CD Projekt Red mentioned was part of the things they were working on for their Witcher side of the company, uh, along mm-hmm. with like Gwent updates and some other stuff like that. Uh, but they said it's coming out later this year, sometime. No dates, but uh, sometime in the second half of 2021, which sounds very witchery to just keep pushing it further and further. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Witcher 3 certainly had a lot of delays before it finally came out. Hopefully this is kind of the a one-time update you need mm-hmm. instead of uh, any sort of bugginess to it. I'd hope for their sake, because it would be not great to follow up Cyberpunk with a you know, buggy update for The Witcher 3. But uh, yeah, you can look forward to that later this year if you've somehow not played it or not played much of it. Uh, like I have, so I'll be excited about that. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, Witcher Three, that game is amazing, but it's definitely kind of starting to show its age. So yeah, and it doesn't run super well on consoles. It runs eh. fine enough in yeah in most areas, but there were some couple areas that were not great and got to maybe an okay mm. state, but. Mm-hmm. Could definitely use some more powerful hardware. Yeah. To help it get where it really should be. Definitely. Update the kind character of sounds models like a, a little bit. a different game too. of theirs as well. Yeah. Hopefully update the character models a bit too. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. The original character models are great, even by modern standards. But once again, they need uh, they need updating. Because they are starting to show their age. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We will hopefully get more details about that when it's closer to launch. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about a game you've been playing, Genshin Impact. Yep. Uh, you've been playing it on PS4, right? Yep. Yeah, so eventually you're going to get a PS5. And it looks like Genshin Impact will probably be ready for you there. As they're yep. announcing a PS5 version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, an upgrade for that includes faster load times, better resolution, and all that. Because I'm assuming you've probably noticed hitching and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some definite technical issues that are not oh, yeah. particularly great. Even on a yeah. PS4 Pro, it was definitely uh, a rough, a rough uh, time compared to when I was playing it on PC. Yeah. So uh, this will be a long time coming. They've even put it out, put out an update to. Help it run uh, a bit better, so it should be running like close to 60 FPS on a PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a full PS5 version will be very nice for that game. And the yeah. the only major issue is that it doesn't have cross progression with the console version to the PC mm. or mobile version. That yeah, is only between PC and mobile, which is like, well, I would because I would like to play it on PC where it's you know runs perfectly yeah uh, but most of my progress is on ps4 including the the drops i've gotten mm-hmm. uh, i'd like to have that stuff be a bit easier maybe they'll get that get to that uh with this ps5 version i don't know mm-hmm. but they're at least promising to you know load faster look better run better all that kind of stuff uh as they're continuing to add new content to the game yeah um, yeah, 
And, um, you know, if you have been thinking of wanting to try it, go ahead and give it a try. It's free. And, um, yeah. you know, it doesn't really beat you over the head with the gotcha stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, give it a yeah, shot if you want to. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's free and it's not really gross about it either. So that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I did try it on PS4 for a little bit, but eventually fell off just because, like, it, it it starts off really really slow, and I was just still caught up in that. But I I eventually do plan on jumping back into it. My only thing is like you know with the PS5 update and with the PS5 in general is that mm. the PS5 UI just doesn't lend itself really well as far as migration goes. And I really hope like a Sony uh, figures out a way to have their own sort of smart delivery because it is not easy. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I haven't had too much trouble with that stuff. Well, also, I haven't tried to grab it like the exact moment that stuff launches. Yeah, I it's some of the the issues when people try and grab it, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I haven't had too much. But definitely could do it a little bit better. Uh, though this one's just be free to play, so it's just I assume it'll just launch. You download it, mm-hmm. it'll notice it's on your because I don't think there's any local saves or anything. It's all up in your account. So you just launch it, and it should just recognize that, pull down your your progress, mm. uh, which should make it easy for people. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something that isn't easy. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Yes. Uh, that game's been delayed a bit here and there. I think it was supposed to launch when uh, the last movie came out, mm-hmm. and that was quite a while ago. Mm. Uh yeah, that was 2019. Jeez. Might have been supposed to come out like early 2020, but it's been delayed. Uh, it's supposed to come out this spring at some point. No date mm-hmm. ever arrived for that. And they've announced that it's going to keep being pushed a little bit further uh, to some sort of unannounced date when it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad news. Um, maybe even a little bit expected, but um, f- first of all, I really, really enjoy the uh, Lego games, but these also aren't titles that people are counting down the days for. So, you know, go ahead and take their time. They'll sell. Yeah. Yeah. And might as well do something good for Star Wars and take your time because they certainly rushed out that Rise of Skywalker movie and just a kind of a mess. Mm. So might as well put a, a good spin on that stuff with this game and make it as good as you can. So... That'll be happening at some point, hopefully this year. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, we got a few more stories here. This one's the other big one. Uh, Sony confirmed the PlayStation stores for the PS3, Vita, and PSP are closing this summer. Yeah. Uh, PS3 and PSP is closing by July 2nd, and the Vita store is closing by August 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, until then to buy your games. Uh, you'll still be able to access your download list and download anything you've purchased there uh, for the foreseeable future on those platforms. Uh, just won't be able to buy any of the games, any video contents, uh, any DLC and game purchases, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for the free-to-play games. Uh, and you won't be able to redeem PSN cards on those stores and those uh, devices. So mm-hmm. that'll be... A big deal for people. Yeah. So grab what you want. Hopefully they have something, some rationale 
I haven't seen anything. Just as notice that I got my email uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week. So yeah, I know there's something uh, going on. I at least hope that on the store they're going to like drop the prices to like you know something you know much smaller than what they currently are. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. if you want to get if you want to get that last bit of profit out of it, you want to attract customers. So, what's better way? Yeah, to though do I it think this, when, you know, I think this news is going to draw people to buying stuff, no matter what the price is. Yeah, um, that's true. Because that's how people are. Instead of buying it when it was on sale, they just wait until mm-hmm. something like this happens. Like, oh, I'll finally buy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's sad to see. Mm. Okay, let's talk about something good. EA Sports, getting back to golf with EA Sports PGA Tour. They announced this earlier this week. Uh, It'll be on the new consoles, a new long-term deal between EA and the PGA Tour. No exclusivity uh, mentioned in this, Mm -hmm. uh, which will be interesting to see. Uh, right. How this turns out, they have yeah, license events like the Players' Championship and the FedEx Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think uh, also licenses for the number of the courses, uh, the big ones. So that'll be a thing for them to kind of get back into it after the was it Rory McIlroy's PGA Tour came out sometime in the middle of last year and kind of didn't really do much of anything for anybody. Yeah, I mean, like, it was roughly the same game. I think, like, it was it was okay sales-wise. Like, it didn't, like, rock anybody's socks, but it was definitely a game that was still in demand. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, like, um, did, did EA mention uh, the timing of when they'll, when they'll come back with the game? Or did they, they just said they're coming back? Just that they're coming back, but they might have a date in the coming months, so maybe it's a fall game? Okay. Early yeah. next year game? It's weird, because if it's this year... Like, I don't know about you guys, but I am totally psyched for the new Mario Golf game. I, I would hardly care about real golf. So, no, yeah, I am that. too. I mean, that, that they are uh, really selling that game to yeah, me. Yeah, like, the, 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 the timing is pretty shit there. But, um, you know, if they come back next year, cool. Uh, the other thing is that 2K has their own golf game too. So, this is actually yeah. one of the few franchises where you they actually have like real competition. So, mm. it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, um, EA has always had really, really solid golf titles. It's just that mm-hmm. it's hard for me to care when you have the Mario one right next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see more details about it. This seems like it could easily be like an E3-style announcements when they have actual mm-hmm. details and dates and all that kind of stuff lined up. Forgot to mention, like even though 2K like has their golf game too, like 2K also signed Tiger Woods, so it's kind of like a slap in the face to EA's past there. So I'll mm-hmm. be interested to see what happens. Yeah, though I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how their game uh, continues for. I assume 2K22 be out this year. See how much they're going to iterate on stuff and keep that being a yearly series when it's maybe not the what golf needs is yearly sports games mm-hmm. just yet. Maybe one that's you maybe put out one year and support it like hell for maybe two seasons worth uh, and then come back with a fresh one, mm-hmm. with some actual upgrades. Uh, 
no idea, but that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Let's talk about something that's stupid that happens. Sega, uh, their lawyers always looking for places, you know, doing the piracy uh, mm-hmm. stuff and infringing on their games. And they had a uh, something in their tools kind of flag uh, the Steam DB, the Steam database that sort of keeps track of the games in Steam's database, lets you know price, history, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some sort of uh, sales numbers, that kind of stuff too. Uh, as well as when you know updates and all that kind of stuff come out. Uh, ended up sending them a DMCA request to have it take the page for just Yakuza Like a Dragon taken down. Uh, claiming that they were linking to piracy, mm. uh, some sort of downloads or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which Steam DB does not do, it just provides mm-hmm. information, links to the Steam page, and that kind of stuff. Nothing that would be that kind of obvious kind of thing. The the person that is behind Steam DB mm-hmm. uh, was tweeting about this, saying uh, they needed some way of getting in touch with Sega. Their lawyers are tr- trying to take down Yakuza Like a Dragon's Steam DB page, claiming that we distribute the game. I took the page down because they did not reply to the first abuse report and sent the new one to our hoster. Steam DB does not support piracy, does not provide downloads, does not sell keys, does not link to any websites that do any of these activities. Uh, also said Steam DB gets at least one DMCA per year, but we are always able to quickly resolve it. But yeah, this seems like the, the result of a busted uh, internet search somehow, and his only way of like responding was to uh, the email address that uh, the request came from didn't seem to get any response from that. So mm-hmm. I was just very confused by this, but uh, Kotaku here got a response from a Sega rep saying earlier this week, one of our games was incorrectly flagged on Steam DB. We utilize anti-piracy software to protect our games at a large scale, but sometimes it makes mistakes. Sega will continue to fine-tune these systems to avoid this in the future. We appreciate Steam DB cooperating with us to resolve the issue quickly. So seems like ultimately no harm, no foul. Mm. Uh, just Sega needs to fine tune whatever tools they're using. Cause this is a false flag here. It's something that they need some people that actually use the internet to tell them like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? This is not piracy. What the hell are you doing? Mm. But yeah, that was kind of a, a fun little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's keep the topic on hackers. Uh, Outriders is one of the big releases here of as the past we week. Yeah, as we know from uh, you, who've been playing it. Yeah. Uh, I think when the demo came out, they had some cheaters uh, find some ways to exploit the game. I think one of the tweets that the, the devs put out was like, somebody just spawned 600 le- legendary uh, items for their account. Just out of there, it just made it super easy for them to figure out what was going on. Uh, Some stuff like that bumped their levels up pretty quick. Uh, So, yeah, they've posted a a lengthy blog about this, assessing updates that will help uh, protect them, but also sort of what uh, their kind of responses to that stuff is. And uh, as they describe their cheating 
is identified as intentionally running the game on PC without easy anti-cheat EAC, the tools uh, they seem to be using, uh, modifying game files to enhance the character, level skills, inventory, etc. Externally, externally modifying game time to reduce time-dependent features such as vendors or challenges, using a trainer program or similar to gain advantage within the game, and using mm-hmm. gameplay-altering programs such as aimbots or wall hacks. Uh, you might think what the punishment is for this. Uh, to start, uh, people can fly. It says defending players can no longer matchmake with legitimate players. Mm-hmm. So they get sent to, you know, cheater hell. Mm-hmm. If they're trying to matchmake with people. Uh, though they can still play solo. Uh, so to make uh, matchmaking times be a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the best of them is that the hackers will have their HUDs with what the studio describes as a discreet but visible mm-hmm. watermark so that any gameplay footage from that account will be quickly flagged as a, a cheater account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're going to check every account for evidence of cheating before launch day and then at regular intervals going forwards. Uh, accounts that fail the check will permanently flagged for this. And yeah, it seems like if you mm-hmm. just messed around with the demo for fun, and wish to play the full game legitimately, you have to delete all of your characters and items from your entire account so that nothing fraudulent carries over. And it seems to be just for Outriders and the PC, but who knows where things will go with the console versions. I would assume mm. they probably have similar tools just in case. But they mentioned that about 2 million players played the demo. Only about 200 were caught hacking, which is 0.1% of players, so not really... Mm-hmm. Any sort of large amount, but you know things can change. But there's no mm-hmm. PvP or anything like that, so not really any way to get competitive advantage over others. Mm-hmm. Just uh, make yourself feel better, I guess. All right. So there's that. All uh, right. We'll end here with uh, the final bit of news. The director of Anthem, uh, what's his name, Jonathan Warner, yeah, is, has left Bioware. Yeah. That is not surprising. Yeah. Uh, He's worked on a lot of stuff for them. Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Star Wars The Old Republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got to the point of being a director for one of their new games, Anthem, and that just did not quite go well at all. Nope. Uh, It seems like this is a reasonable way for his time to come to an end, but does say he's excited to be able to... uh, play the new games from the fan side of the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so best of luck to him. Be curious to see where he goes in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be fun to see where, where he goes. Yeah, Maybe if he... he finds some other way of bringing the Anthem dream to life in some other form. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds, uh, I wish him well. Uh, yeah, but yeah, his first, uh, although, uh, part of me wonders how much, you know, it, there's that, um, sort of kind of tell-all article that was put on, I can't remember if it was IGN or Kotaku a while back, that sure basically, yeah, that basically puts, um, it's, it talks basically about how the whole, uh, the game's creation was basically a huge, very, very difficult from the very beginning because of EA's 
meddling and trying to turn it into a games of service type thing. Um, so much so that Anthem wasn't even what it was supposed to have originally been called. It was supposed to have been called something else. And I have a feeling that part of me wants to, wonders how much of this is Warner's fault and how much of this is Warner trying to make the best of a situation where EA is constantly poking its ass into something that it shouldn't. Oh, and maybe the higher upset Bioware as well. Yeah. Being their big game to make up for what happened with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda mm-hmm. uh, and trying to compete with, you know, Destiny and all that kind of stuff where mm-hmm. the end result of all those attempts has been like, don't be Destiny. Yeah. Destiny is Destiny and even they're having trouble being Destiny uh, with yeah. their audience. So like so much so that, you know, Bungie basically had to tear themselves away from Activision and become independent yeah. again and get hold of the IP again. And are constantly in, not really fights, but in sort of uh, competition with their audience's expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes overinflated, sometimes not, but uh, that's kind of their biggest competition just for their own audience. Yeah. To keep them interested in and excited about what they're working on. Over the years, what we've seen with live service games is that depending on the audience you're trying to hit, you really have to understand the right way to communicate what it is that you want to do. And with Anthem, and it's pretty obvious, right? Like there, there wasn't really much direction to be put there. Like, you know, Brandon and I both enjoyed what we played, but after yeah. that, there was nothing else. And that nope. was the problem. When you, when you have a game like Anthem trying to, copy a game like destiny you have to have your um, audience understand what's coming and you know by withholding that information that either tells us you weren't ready or two there wasn't anything to begin with and both of those um both of those elements just lead to a bad situation with destiny it's different like yeah um they don't have to be completely transparent with everything that's going on but at the time it was a new genre we didn't even know what to expect yet and you look at a game like The Avengers, for example, where um, the, 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 the content plan was there. But the difference is, you know, we had the, we had the pandemic. Um, they didn't understand, like, how many people would be logging in on the first day, which is unfortunate. Because the thing with The Avengers when it first came out was that part of the reason why the online sucked was because you could only use one specific hero at a time. Like, you can't have two Iron Mans in one, in one raid and whatnot. And that really bogged the experience down. And they, they, they fixed it now. And you're also seeing the same thing with a game like Fallout 76, where, you know, they don't really have a, a clear content plan either, but they tell enough um, to, to let you know, like, what was to be expected. And Anthem didn't have any of that, and that was the problem. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know if you could really, like, fault EA here. Like, at, at the end of the day, like, the people at Bioware do have to agree to what they're saying, and that's yeah. basically what happens. So, Again, yeah. like uh, I hope uh, Bioware is able to get back on their feet with the new Dragon Age game. But again, with with live service games, you have to have a plan moving. You know, two three years. Yeah. Mm. the The nice thing about Outriders is the devs have been like, "No, we're done with the game. Like we'll fix bugs and all that kind of stuff, but we're not really planning on any more content unless it you know does really well and there's appetite for more content. So, you know." It's kind of a more old school model, but they're basically saying like, yeah, we're kind of 
done. The game is the game. You kind of keep playing and get, uh, you know, the highest level loot you can. Uh, that would probably be a big thing for uh, Anthem to do. Like, the game's done. Yeah. We'll maybe without work on some more stuff, like, but... Yeah. Without writers, um, you can really tell all the work that's put into it because, you know, um, aside from the fact that people are enjoying, you know, the, the beta and stuff, like, if you look at their presentation at, at the Square Enix thing a couple weeks ago, like, they wouldn't stop talking about it. So you know that there's definitely something there. And, you know, with, with, with the with the um, access to uh, Xbox Game Pass, like, they're, they're going to be able to get even more and more data. So that's uh, pretty impressive. On that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's best unless you've got the the manpower to actually do it, to maybe not put so much pressure on yourself, especially in a pandemic, to be like, we're going to have years of content lined up. Because it's like, if you don't have the audience right away, that's going to be a hard sell to your you know publisher, your higher-ups to keep investing money into it when... You know, I think Outriders on Steam has been way higher uh, in terms of the the current player counts than uh, Avengers ever was, mm-hmm. which says a lot for a game one that doesn't have the Avengers license to it, uh, and mm. two is coming out, you know, amongst a bunch of other games. Uh, there's every reason that that game shouldn't do as well as it is doing. And Avengers even went under that somehow. Mm. Uh, that's kind of the whole crazy thing. Like I played a good bit of Avengers and like tried out their online mode, and it's uh, pretty neat that you can just pick three other characters to hang with you and be your party if you don't want to have you know friends or strangers matchmake into your into your mission, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's kind of looking like maybe don't promise a ton of long-term content until you have the audience, which is where yeah. some of these games are doing really well with like rocket league and Fortnite and all that. Like they came out and it's like, Oh, there's a lot of people that want this. Okay. Well, we'll actually work on content plans. Uh, yeah. Rocket league is just a pure multiplayer game, but yeah, it's uh, like adding more stuff to the game and events and that kind of stuff. Another title that I thought did extremely well, given the fact that they didn't really have a content plan, was um, Sea of Thieves. Because Sea of Thieves pretty much, you know, came out with everything that uh, they wanted to come out with. And it was because of player activity that they were able to add new stuff. So, like, you know, as long as you're giving players an idea of what it is they're trying to do, then you can go ahead and make the game better based on player feedback. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I think they just added essentially battle passes to the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird for the kind of game that is. But uh, you know, like it's a lot better to under-promise than over-promise, and come in with a, a smaller audience that the promises don't fit. Uh, which is kind of what the Avengers is doing right now. Which is like mm-hmm. one of the big problems is when they put it on sale, it's still thirty dollars. It's like that's not going to bring in that many people. You should be putting on sale for twenty dollars, for ten dollars at this point. Uh, even if that's really aggressive, it's like you guys have a content plan that needs more people, and you're not selling it at the prices that get those people in. Mm-hmm. It's like I jumped in when I could get a copy for eight dollars, and that's a pretty good price for what it is. Yeah. 
but trying to push people into thirty dollars, especially after all of the the feedback and such that has been going on. That's kind of the mm-hmm. a big sell for people to spend thirty bucks on that when they could you jump into Outriders, jump into Destiny Two for free. They can jump into Warframe for free. Uh, they can jump into you know a bunch of other games for as much as thirty bucks or cheaper or free. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing when you jump into the live game services. People tend to find the games they want to keep playing for a long time, and it takes a lot to get them out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that's Rocket League. Uh, it'll be hard to break that habit because that game's so good, and they haven't you know done anything to make me want to do something else mm. for extensive periods of time. Uh, so you want to see other games that are trying to be Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's neat. But I'm not going to put all my time into that. I got, you know, six years of Rocket League here. It says I can just keep staying with this. Mm-hmm. And I can play that on any of the platforms I own it on because it's, they got the cross progression and all that working really mm-hmm. well. So all yeah, right. that's kind of the the big challenge with all of these live service games is you're trying to sell the sell the uh, the wagon before you get the horse to pull it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the the big challenge right now. That's where mm-hmm. you know services like PlayStation Plus and Game Pass can help you out big time. Yeah, get you an audience that will carry you uh, through mm-hmm. those uh, tougher early days and getting those content uh, pipelines rolling. Oh uh, yeah, built and secured. Uh, that's where Fall Guys is on their season four. It looks mm-hmm. like they're doing a lot of cool stuff with that. Yeah. So I think that's where we'll leave it for this week. Thank you to Brandon and Dane Rib for joining yeah. to talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, we'll be back with a new slate of news. Who knows yeah. what kind of wild stuff will be happening, but especially now uh, that, you know, we're in the heat of spring now and, uh, you know, summer's not that far away. I'll see what'll happen. Yep. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with a fresh show for you and have a good one.